welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Wednesday, the 21st of December. Christmas is right around the corner. My name's Ben, and on the line is Andrew. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very good as well. You can tell I'm full of full of festive cheer there. Very uh, <laughs> surrounded by uh, presents, both wrapped and unwrapped in my uh, little office room. So, yes. uh, yeah, the things that we can't put under the tree yet because the dog will devour them. Unfortunately, she's in a yeah, distraction at the moment. Of course, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're we're obviously in a we're, we're in a chipper mood because then Blades went and got another three points on uh, Monday night at Wigan, uh, a two-one win that was well. I thought it was pretty comfortable, to be honest. I thought uh, if I give you my my one-line summary, I thought it was great first half. Took a foot off the gas when when we went two 0 up. They were on the back foot a little bit, but. I think it was only really Lee Hendry and the most pe- pessimistic United fans who thought we were going to throw that one away. Or are you? Uh, we are you? Were you slightly more concerned than me? No, I don't know if it, obviously I watched this game with you, uh, and I don't know if it's because I had a couple of drinks or a bit more calm. But I was surprised to see how angry <laughs> certain people were about that performance. I don't think it was. I thought we were good in the first, really good in the first half. Mm. Uh, I, I agree. The the momentum swung in uh, Wigan's favour uh, after we scored the second goal, and on another day, maybe that little chance they had where Anel puts in a superb tackle that goes in, and you're saying, "Oh my God, we're throwing away a two goal lead." But quite, I don't know. I think, funnily enough, I was reading today. Obviously, we'll come on to the takeover stuff later. Someone was saying, oh, "I don't want to become like a Man City because." Uh, they always want to win like three or four nil. They're disappointed. And it's like, hang on, all our fans are furious at the moment because we've only beat Wigan two one and just feel one nil. So how yeah, dare I, I we? The, I get the concerns. I get the concerns. We're not firing on all cylinders, but I, we did. We've done more than enough in both games to get three points. I don't really know what the the fuss is about, really. So uh, I mean, look, we we know United have been notoriously crap after a break for. Mm. Uh, like five years now, you know, it's going, it's going well yeah. back to like the you know the early days of Chris Wilder's tenure, and it's yeah. it's something that we've not shook off. It's not a weird fluke, I don't think. It's just happened so often that. Well, it's... I actually did a thing into this. I meant to send you this actually. I did a. I can't remember the exact numbers now, so I don't have them to hand. But I had a look since Wilder, uh, since the championship first season under Wilder, mm. about our results when we came back, and it's pretty much fifty-fifty. We sort of draw. You know, draw heart at seven, one seven, lost seven. But you have to take into consideration most of those seasons were challenging for promotion. So that is a bad record, really. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So that's it's a step back from where we were. We? But here, I mean, yeah, sure. We went, I mean, I thought we were pretty pretty poor in a really boring game against Huddersfield. Mm. Here, I thought we played a, you know, a, a brilliant 50 minutes or so in which we could easily have been three or four goals up by the time Sharp eventually sticks away our second. And uh, yeah, six points out of six is that six wins out of seven? I think. Like, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. very happy, mate. You know, th- th- these are games yeah. that you. It's Colo Torre's first home game as Wigan manager. You know, we had. We Did it? To... Sky didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously went to West Brom not many games ago. Obviously, it feels a long time ago because we had the World Cup break. But that was uh, Corberan's first game in charge of them, and we took care of business yeah. in that one. These are the games that get you promoted, aren't they? You just go, you go away from home. We continue our amazing away record. If you need to grind it out at the end of the game, I mean, the results are there. They, they show that we can defend a lead. I mean, I'll, I'll look this up afterwards. I think, I think we've only dropped points from winning positions three times this season. Mm. Uh, let me just see if I can remember: Birmingham, Birmingham Middlesbrough yeah. away, and yeah. uh, Blackpool. And ah, we, yeah. we didn't lose any of those games either. So I don't think we've lost a game from being ahead yet, but. You know, the results are there that suggest, like, if we get ahead and, yeah, we go a bit more conservative, it kind of works. Like, you know, we haven't been bitten many times. And over the course of the season, if you can protect a lead, you're going to finish near the top of the table. And that's obviously where we are. We're top- and also, we've lost it onto Rotherham. We've drawn it onto Blackpool. We drew it onto Birmingham when they were doing pretty poorly. We lost away to Coventry when they were bottom of the league. It's not like we've been blasting teams before the you know the international break four or five nil these bottom two. We're struggling against the bottom teams more than against the top teams, really. Yeah. Like I say, I understand it wasn't a sparkling performance. It wasn't a ten out of ten. There were a couple of poor displays, and the momentum. We lost the momentum once we went to it a lot. But like I say, I've looked on like on forums and, and uh, Twitter and stuff, and I don't know. We're almost like we'd lost, and I'm thinking that's a good win for me because, as you said, new manager at home, and yeah, they gifted us. A ridiculous amount of chances in that first half because of the way they played, and we should have took them. But 
Good goalkeeper, in fairness. A couple of good saves from him. But mm. on another day, we all going in 4 0 at half time. I was really happy at half time. Just a bit disappointed that we weren't more up. Then we get the second goal, and you think that's it, game over. And yeah, we had a, an half an hour where they had more of the ball, but I never felt in massive danger. And the goal were offside. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, let's not, not forget that as well. Um, and still not uh, still not close to our strongest team out there either. Um, mm. The bench, once again, looks great. Tommy Doyle reappears, which is. Very welcome news. Yes. He's, he's back on the bench, but you know we still we're still playing Ender Stevens at left uh, left wing back. We I think Doyle would play ahead of McAtee, although we'll we'll talk about his performance in this. Sharp almost certainly won't be starting, um, and we'll talk about his performance in this as well. So it's it's still not close to our strongest team, yeah. but yeah, that first half more than good enough to win the game, and uh, yeah, we we should really have had it had it wrapped up there. I think um, Bergeron and Jai in that first half I thought were absolutely fantastic, and Jai yeah. I mean. It's it's kind of a, a given, I suppose, but a really welcome sight <clears throat> seeing Sander Berger strut his stuff for us after uh, a long layoff. He obviously made an appearance against Huddersfield, but yeah, I think he played the full ninety minutes here. Which, he did, and he faded, and a lot of yeah. criticism is that we should have probably changed him earlier. And I'm wondering if we're thinking more long term with him, get him ninety minutes rather. Maybe. Yeah, he was struggling, but did we think we've got enough on this pitch to see this game out, and that ninety minutes will do him so much good going forward? Again, it's another one I've seen a lot of people criticise. I thought he had a really, really good half an hour, which we need more than that. But given it's his first game back, first start for what two, three months or whatever like that, you know, he's obviously going to fade. A great thirty minutes is like that'll win you a game at this level. Yeah. Like at most levels, to be honest, he doesn't need to be amazing for ninety minutes. I mean, look, I would. If I was a manager, I definitely would have subbed him off after about an hour, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I would have got Doyle or someone else on, assuming his, he was fit enough. But, yeah, that first half, I thought it was magnificent. Like, just picking up the balls, striding away from people. Uh, he links so well with Njai. He sets him free for that one where uh, Njai has, like, a, a little dribble at the edge of the box and um, the keeper saves it with his feet and then Berger hits the defender on the backside with, yeah. uh, with the rebound. But, yeah, there was... I mean... <laughs> I don't know if you've watched the extended highlights back, but... I did, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the Sarbrin is doing the co-commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, it sounds like he's watching some something else, to be honest. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's really enjoying himself in that first yeah. half. Um, we take the lead in after eight minutes, um, and I just want to uh, promote myself here. I wrote something for the pinch this week uh, that came out on Monday on the day of the game. And in that, I mentioned that Armand Odzic is uh, almost certainly going to outscore John Egan's entire Blades career yeah. by the end of this season. And uh, I'd like to think that Egan read that. I and, think that's uh, the case. Like yeah. Michael Jordan in uh, The Last Dance. And I took that personally. Do <laughs> I've still not read this because I've just not had time, but I've got it saved on my phone for uh, for today's work break. And I'm going to study it. It's quite a long piece, isn't it? It's so very I'll long, yeah. You, if you can read it all on your work break, I think your boss will be having a word with you. Or you're, uh, uh, well, or you're the quickest reader ever. Nah, well, you know, I don't, yeah. I, I, I sneak, <laughs> sneak an extra 10, 15 minutes out. I say, I say research for the pod. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so Egan, he smashes in his first goal since... Is it September 21? It's like 15 yeah, months ago, uh, right? Holloway. Holloway, yeah. I think I believe it's about 50 games since mm. he last scored or something like that. And we've obviously been on him 50 PS, you know. You've got you to gotta score more goals, surely, the amount of chances you get. But this one, he really does bury, gets gets a run on the ball. And, yeah, nothing but, um, uh, I guess, joy and surprise, <laughs> seeing that it was him that headed it in. Yeah, and- I was convinced it was an L, obviously, when he first scored for RB and L. Then he was oh, my God, it's Egan. <laughs> Just, uh- Good header, brilliant header, like a proper sort of bully header. No chance for the keeper, I don't think, really. Mm. Are we? Am I right in thinking we've scored more set piece goals than anyone else in the championship this yeah. season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's eight or nine, and uh, Wigan were next, or with seven. Yeah, I think it is nine, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, that's obviously that's good, but that's such a. I don't know if you remember around this time last season, we were really poor at uh, yeah. finishing chances from set pieces. We were... I've said before, every tee, every fan thinks their club are terrible at corners because it's very, pretty hard to score from them, realistically. Mm. There's a half-man, half-biscuit song, actually, where one of the lines says something like, uh, I cheer for a corner, I don't know why it rarely leads to a goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's true. You can come on, and it's like, it's really, you know. But to be top of this, I mean, I think we can sort of put to bed that, you know, oh, we're rubbish at corners and... No one needs to sort it out, you know. We've come. I think Flett set one up as well, or it might have been Doyle as well mm. uh, from corners and free kicks and stuff. And I think we, when we get them now, 
I do feel like we've got a chance, you know. I, and like I say, if you get a goal off a set piece one every three games, you're probably doing above average, or I thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. The average, yeah. should I say? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was, I wasn't expecting a half man, half biscuit reference on when we start recording, but <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, we. So it must be goals from corners that we lead the league. And I'm just looking at up to now. They have us. We've scored eleven set piece goals. Uh, which is the second most in the league behind Millwall, of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, two ahead of Wigan. We have the second highest set play XG in the league as well, also behind Wigan. Uh, excuse me, behind Millwall. So um, yeah, that's that's such a massive difference from last season. It really we're, is. Yeah. We we're like bottom third, and yeah, like at the end of that season, I was thinking like, can we just can we just get to average? Like, if you get to average, you get another five or six goals from set pieces over the season. That could push you from playoffs to promotion. Well. Mm. We've taken a huge step up. And, um, yeah, obviously... Well, how many goals we've got from centre-half now, then? Is that five? And L's and L's got four? Uh, yeah, and L's got four. I'm trying to think if anyone else has scored one. Jack Robinson and I think all last one. season, we got five. Because Basham didn't score. No, uh, Egan got two. Egan got two and JLT got, got three, three, I think. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so we're doing, again, goals from all over, which is going to be important. So that's five from, you know, your centre-halves already this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously, yeah, Almond Odds has been a big part of that. It's nice to see you can get one here, and hopefully uh, it makes me look stupid by making a few, scoring a few more this season. Mm. And I think the delivery from Norwood is, you know, as, as good as yep. it's ever been as well. That was another thing I wrote about in that piece of the pinch, is he's, he's statistically better this season in almost every aspect than he was last season. I think... I think the only thing he's taken a step back in Norwood is past completion, mm. but as I said in the article, that that's probably a good thing because he was yeah a bit like yeah now say passes yeah exactly yeah he's taking more risks with the ball. He's, Norwood's playing more long passes per night than he did last season, so his pass completions come down a little bit. But I see that as probably a good thing. Anyway, Norwood crosses it in. Egan smashes it into the back of the net. Um, can we talk about James McTee here? Who? I yeah. think for the second game running was possibly the best player on the pitch in the first half. First half, he's done the, the two games uh, that since we've come back, he's been the best player in the first half, and then unfortunately faded in the second. But really, really good first half again. Very similar to uh, uh, Huddersfield where he got the ball and run. And do you know what? He's not like I say faded. I'm not going to say that's it now. You know, he's he's here and he's, and he's ready to conquer the championship. <laughs> but do you remember the play that we had away at Luton, for instance, or? Um, I can't remember the other game that he played where he were really Blackpool. I know he scored against Blackpool, but he really didn't really get involved other than the goal. Mm. This is a different player now, and I think, like I say, he's not the finished article. And if everyone's fit, he's probably not in the first eleven still. But he's looking like I said a couple of what about a month ago, two months ago, something that you know we should be looking at terminating his contract if he didn't improve. Well, I'm not thinking that anymore anyway. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's t- taking some good steps forward. I mean, he played on the right against Huddersfield. who's back on the left in this one. Mm. And, um, yeah, I thought he was great, like, dribbling at the defenders. Uh, he sets up a volley for Sharp. He has a, uh, lays on a really good chance for Berger, actually. Completely scuffs it. Oh, I've got to score that. Yeah, I forgot about that one, actually. I'm thinking about the chances. I forgot about that one, yeah. He's got to kick it a bit harder. Yeah. Um And he has a good chance himself, McAtee, when... Sharp back heels him in on goal, and keeper just gets down to it at the near post. It's a good post. save, that. It's a better save than I thought, actually, when you look back at the replay, because it it's a decent effort. It's low, and you know that's what you want to do, but good save. Yeah, and he, he popped up again, McAtee, didn't he? With, uh, do you remember that one where Berger uh, slips in and Jai, and it just gets stuck under his yeah, feet? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jai does really well to dig it. I mean, obviously, it's, it takes a, a duff first touch, which is why yeah. it's stuck under his feet, but it does really well to dig it out and tilt McAtee, and it gets blocked. But, yeah, this is... This is encouraging signs, you know. We, we're obviously uh, one of our big players, McBurney, hasn't started since uh, since the break in these two games. So to have a couple of players kind of showing an improvement already on where they were in the first half of the season, it's it is a big deal in picking up that slack. And I think Sharp is another one who's this was by this for me was when I thought about this afterwards. I think this was by far his best game of the season, which it was. Yeah, isn't yeah. a particularly high bar, but it is still a no, big deal. No, no, no. He looked more like last season. I don't think he was fantastic. I don't think he was. You know, oh, he got to start after that performance every week or anything like that. But it was far better than he has been. And I, I you know, loathe to slag him off because of what, obviously everything that he's done and stuff. But he has had a poor season by his standards. I think in the other part, he's not had that many chances. But when he has played. 
good in Norwich at home, really, that I can think of where he's really affected anything. Mm. But in this one, you know, and it's a classic, if he does that every week, he goes back to the old Billy Sharp of, like, sort of not really doing that much, but scoring a, a really good finish, that, by the way. Left foot, yeah. uh, you know, into the corner. Obviously, we'll come on to it more, but it was his, de- yeah, I think it was his, definitely his best overall performance of the season. Yeah, and so important having backup players stepping up, you know, because he yeah. is a backup player, yeah. Sharp. Yeah, I mean, yeah, completely, yeah. McBurney has displaced him, obviously, and he turns 37 in February, I think. So, yeah. you know, this this his career is going to come to an end at some point, and if he just moves to a, a useful backup player for this season, then that's mm. that's great uh, for all yeah. parties, really. But, um, yeah. yeah, he had, uh, I think he had... Um, like 50% more touches in this game than he did against Huddersfield. He was mm-hmm. on for slightly longer. I can't remember when he came off against Huddersfield, but mm-hmm. uh, he was subbed off in the second half in that one. But yeah, so much more involved. And yes, he obviously gets another goal as well, which we'll come on to. Um, before that, one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in a football <laughs> game, and I have it paused right here on my screen right now because I was watching it earlier because it really does tickle me. Mm. Kieran Clark, <laughs> Kieran Clark's shirt. <laughs> coming off his back you know when you when you get teams tussling at corners you're like oh he's practically taking the shirt off his yeah. back well yeah. it actually happened it went, on, a, on our goal actually um, I think it were an L not Kieran Clark um, mm. I think it's an L yeah he's getting like his shirt's getting ripped all over the place as well and I think yeah I mean it's, it's hilarious but how, if we'd have lost that game for instance <laughs> you're thinking how's he not giving he's literally took the shirt from his back <laughs> it's so good I just want to because I know we were, we were sat next to each other watching this, but yeah. what, what, can you talk me through your thought process as, like, as you're watching this corner unfold and what happened? Well, after? I didn't know. I, I, I saw like he had his shirt off, and I, I, at first I thought, like, my split second reaction was, "Where's has gone up?" Because he obviously <laughs> just my first like sort of initial thing was, "It's a different kit." It, I, my brain was sort of processing <laughs> what was going on. I'm like, "Why Wes up for this corner one 0 Look what are you doing!" And then, was it? I, I had no idea. And then I thought maybe a fan. I thought it was a pitch, pitch invader. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, a pitch invader yeah, just yeah, run yeah. on to like get involved in the corner. Clark, just yeah, yeah, <laughs> just so bizarre. It's it's it's. There's so many things I like about it. Obviously, the fact his shirt is removed is is funny in itself. In her like, I'm pretty sure he can't do that as a defender. But then the fact that he keeps hold of his shirt in his hand and he's involved in this move. It's not mm. like he's just stood off doing nothing. He actually he gets on the ball at one point on the edge of the box mm. with his shirt in his hand, and then of course we lose it. Wigan break, and there he is sprinting the full length of the pitch, holding his shirt. <laughs> I'm laughing all over again just thinking about. It. I, was, <laughs> I was like, I was like coughing with laughter as yeah, I watched in real time. Away, running back with his shirt in his hands, <laughs> sort of just sprinting back, like furious as well, weren't he? <laughs> yes, fueled by fury at that point. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Like one of the. Yeah, I don't know. One of the clearest shirt pulls you'll ever see. I Another poor refereeing display. We said it obviously in the pub when we were watching it. That we, you know, re- the refs in the World Cup have made some dodgy decisions throughout. But the oh, the, the difference in standards, yeah. just incredible, really. It's a little bit. Yeah, uh, Clark obviously looked absolutely aghast when uh, the Wigan chance was eventually cleared and, and play stopped. But yeah, it was uh, it was simultaneously confusing and hilarious. Um, should we mention uh, the Wigan defender Tilt, which is yes. a wonderful name in itself. Brilliant name. Uh, What's his yeah. first name? Is it Carl Curtis? Uh, Curtis should have been sent off this lad. He yeah. was uh, he was on Tilt, I think. Sharp mm-hmm. um, Sharp really. Well, I don't know. Like they had a little bit of a tussle, didn't they? They both got yeah. booked, which yeah, I thought yeah. was. I don't think he deserved that first booking. No, but... me neither. No, no, it was really. But... Weak. I mean, neither of them did. I thought they, they barely no. did anything to each other. Um, but, but yeah, then he, he went a bit rogue. Yeah, but once he dived into that tackle in the second half, that that's a booking again, and he should have been off. I mean, he'd have been unlucky because the first one probably weren't a booking. But yeah, he should have been sent off in the first half. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty fortunate. He had his he had a very angry expression on his face for for most of this game, and mm. somehow managed to get through it. Um, who was the other guy at the back who kept giving it to us? Uh, uh, the right back, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Duriqua. Duriqua, that's the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic display for me. <laughs> yeah, he was he was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we should probably talk about Wigan's approach because they are. I think this is a new thing under Torre, and they're trying yeah. to build from the back more. But um, they, so I think yeah. they, they will need some new players. I think if they're yes. going to do that, because uh, yeah, the amount of times their midfield and defence kind of just controlled it straight to us or passed it straight to us was uh, instructive. <laughs> yeah. Torre's uh, 
Yeah, Torrey's going to have his work cut out if he's going to have that set of players playing like that, I think. I mean, we tried to do it to a degree under Slab, but I don't think it was that. It, I mean, that would that remind me so much of Swansea last season away. At home, should I say. Oh, where they just kept doing it and we kept taking it off them and scoring. Yeah, yeah, basically it could have been 8-0. Like, like, not an exaggeration, it should have been. No one obviously missed an open net in that one, if you remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that they kept doing the same thing and I understand that's how you want to play and the only way you're going to get better at it is if you keep practicing but we sort of say David Weir vibes for me uh, where we kept trying that under David Weir and never won a game no so, exactly it, they need better players to do it um, I understand he wants to change his style and you know and, and who knows a couple of years down the line they, it, it might work out it wants to get the players in but I think they're going to struggle if they continued to play out like that. I think they looked a lot better when they went more direct, to be honest, in the second half. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, put a, put a pin in that. We'll definitely get back to that. I think the pitch was quite bobbly as well. I, thought. I don't know if oh, it's just because I've had a month watching World Cup pitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, that's not going to help your, your build-up play, is it? Bobbling all over the shop. Um, we went 2-0 up from Billy Sharp in quite early in the second half. Uh, again, from a giveaway, I think from... I'm not sure if that was Derek were actually. It came from the right, didn't it? Kind of mm. passed it straight to uh, to our fella in the midfield. Yeah. And, and Jai, for the second week running, puts it on a... Well, I say puts it on a plate for Sharp. No. Sharp has a lot of work to do. but He, he does, yeah. It's a fantastic finish, that. I mean, left mm. foot as well. Uh, brilliant. I, I didn't expect him to score from that angle. No. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fact he takes it so early, kind of... Mm. I mean, he is right in the corner. I guess he maybe catches the keeper a little bit flat-footed. But, yeah, great hit on his left foot. And, yeah, as I say, it's so... If, if you know, our third and fourth-choice strikers, so I'm looking at, like, Jebison here, Brewster, Kadra, yeah. if they can chip in, you know, four or five goals each for the rest of yeah, the season, yeah, yeah. we'd probably get promoted because that's, that's a lot of goals. And yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think prior to... I think prior to the Huddersfield game, we'd only had like one goal scored by a striker who wasn't Ajay or McBurney so far this season. Mm, and that Kadra, was Kadra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swansea. Um, so yeah, great finish by Sharp. And uh, I thought that was going to be game over, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, yeah, Wigan, as you said, they went a bit more direct. They definitely targeted our left side where Stevens was um, uh, a bit AWOL, I think. Maybe you can say McAtee sort of was disappearing a little bit. Berger obviously fading in this game as well. Um, and this is where I wanted us to use our bench a bit more, to be honest. Like, we've got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got Bogle and Lowe there. Neither played any minutes last week when they are on the bench. You know, is, is is this the time to use them, basically? And, and so This is going to be strange, out? this, because you imagine... I, I don't think we'll just lob Bogle and Lowe in for the Coventry game, but you imagine they're going to start either Coventry or Blackpool, you know, with the games being so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to basically throw him in cold as it stands. So I, I do think that would have been a good game. But I suppose Lowe's more attacking than Stevens. Um, yeah, but he's also a better... Yeah. I mean, this I is the ghost of Ender Stevens, isn't really it? Really poor, I have to admit. And I don't want to slag... You know, I seem to slag him off every week, to be honest. But I, I think he were our weakest player. I thought Kieran Clark did well. I've seen a few people criticise him because a lot of most of their attacks came down that side. Weirdly, mm. the goal didn't come from the other side. But... Um, I just thought Stevens got done a couple of times and yep. it just looked slow out of position. There were one bit where I think I was shouting at you and it, it was so obvious that the player were going like, to run to <laughs> a certain position and he was just, I was like, what, what is he doing? Why is he just, he must know he's going that way. He just looks knackered, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm Kieran Clark. I've been, uh, I, I, thought he's, I thought he was fine. I, I, I just think it's so, the difference in having a real left centre-back in our team is quite mm. significant, even if he's not amazing. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've got this right. We haven't had a proper one start more than maybe one or two games this season. We've had no, no. Uh, we've had Norton Davis there, and he, he's done well, to be fair mm. to him. But that's that's not mm. his natural position. Uh, well, certainly yet in his career. Yeah, Basham's played there. Armand Odzic has played there. I can't. Uh, Jack Robinson started at Cardiff, didn't he, and lasted about half an hour. Yeah, so, and obviously Clark's been injured for the vast majority of the season. He's probably only started about two games before this World Cup break as well. So, mm-hmm. I think it's such a big deal having a real player in that position. And yeah, it, it looks fine for me. Like he's not yeah. a he's not a game changer, a, you know, a, a game wrecker like Armand Odzic is or you know no. Peak Basham is. But just just Solid. plug him in, plug him there. Don't make any mistakes. Edit away. Maybe chip in with a few you know assists or goals at the other end. 
uh, from set pieces, and I will be very happy indeed with this. Seven out of ten both games for me, and I'll take that for the rest of the season. That's all I want from him. He's not there to be, as you said, an L who can probably produce something that other centre-halves can't, especially going forward. And, and if Bogle comes back, and, and while there, obviously defenders who can create stuff as well, just be solid. And I think, as I said, he did get caught out there with that, obviously, that foul that he, he got the wrong side of the player late on in the second half. It was a poor, poor tackle, really. But overall, I'm happy with that performance from him. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Baldock gets away with a bit of a handball, I think. What do you What do you think about this? This is so bizarre, this, because I don't know the rules. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know the rules. To me, I thought... Well, where's he supposed to put his hands? But then everyone seems to say definite penalty. I do not know because they give. I mean, they gave penalties in the World Cup for stuff there. I mean, the the worst one in the World Cup was the messy one. You know, Chesney coming out. It weren't an handball, but uh, sort of brushed oh, Messi's yeah. head, and they get a pen. I'm like, what oh, are you God, doing? That was weird, yeah. And but there were a couple of handballs in the World Cup as well. Where I'm thinking, well, where's he supposed to put his hand? Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably by the the laws of the game, whatever they are, it might be a pen, but. I don't know what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing he can do, but I think it's one of those that, you know, it's a goal-bound shot. He's got his arms up, like, protecting himself, and it just it just hits him. I mean, yeah, it just hits him on the hand on it from about yeah. six, yeah, seven yeah. yards. I think it's impossible for him to avoid it, but I think it probably should have been a penalty as well. I, watching yeah. it in real, it was only until about the sixth replay that I could see it definitely hit him on the arm and not, like, yeah, yeah. in the chest or Well, you know Lee Andrew, are you, then? Because Lee Andrew immediately knew <laughs> it was a penalty, so... <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I probably. It's one of those things I probably say like oh, I don't like to complain about commentators and just advice, <laughs> and then I will probably say it all the time. But what is Andrew's problem, man? <laughs> he seems to absolutely so hate United, doesn't he? By his commentary, sort of like all the even in the first. This is much better from Wigan. He kept saying it every ten minutes. Like if it gets any better, they're going to be like prime Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep saying they're getting better and better. They're creating chances. No, they're not. No, they've done nothing. They're like, oh, well done. You crossed the ball into a penalty area and we headed it away. Um, yes, obviously, Hendry was very convinced as a penalty. Um, mm. I can certainly see why the referee didn't give it in terms of he probably just didn't see that it actually hit him on the hand and he's just yeah, yeah, it yeah. at that point. Um, and I also don't want to rewrite history on this because the goal that they do score, which comes quite soon after this, is very clearly offside. Like, yeah. And it's, it's a bizarre no-call from the linesman. Terrible. Um, yeah, the cross comes in from the left-hand side. It's a low ball. There's two of them. Yeah, exactly. Two men in an offside position. I don't know if he gets confused because Fodringham gets it first and pushes it back into play. Like, if he if he thinks that the guy who taps it in maybe came from an onside mm-hmm. position, but the flag always goes up there. Like, there's two yeah. men on the end of a cross and they're both offside. So, yeah, they uh, you know that one went against us. The penalty went for us. For Fodringham... Didn't cover himself in glory all night. To be fair, but even in that goal, in they were offside. He pushes it straight to him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. I think if he doesn't touch it, we clear it. To be honest, it's yeah. and it's such a. I don't know. It's it, the, the effort that he puts on. You know, the, the sort of to just flap it back into play. I mean, yeah, that should be a last resort. Sure. That yeah, should be you, like I'm clawing it off the goal line. Yeah, if you're going to say try and get it wide, I mean, all, to be fair, there's another guy there, but even that's a more difficult shot than the one that uh, Broadhead got. Yeah, very, really bizarre um, goalkeeping and a slightly sketchy performance from him overall. I yes, thought, definitely, him. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because he didn't have very much to do or what. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. if he even made another save in this game, like a couple no. of straight at him from long he, range. He, he had the, yeah, the one in the first half that were offside where he, he fumbles it himself and then he, he does make a good recovery save, to be fair. But... Oh, yeah. But that's yeah. it, and now we're offside. And then, this is what I mean where people are saying, oh, in another day we're going to have got back into it. Well, maybe, but... Yeah, if we'd gifted day, him another goal, maybe. Yeah, any team who's one goal in front can, on another day, like when I don't mean that they were necessarily poor. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then I, I think the only other sort of notable moment uh, or thing that I've noted down was worthy of being noted down. Kadra is on. Kadra runs a very long way with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> attempts to, I think, dribble around a defender and just very gently chips the ball straight out of play. Channeling is in a Oli Burke <laughs> sprinting straight out of play. Oh, big, big Oli Burke. Oli Burke? What am I about? Oli Burke vibes yeah. out of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else to mention? We obviously had Doyle got some minutes. Uh, McBurney oh, came on as well. Oh, the ball from Baldock, actually. Where, uh, if it, you know, bouncing. It just 
Doyle couldn't quite get it to bounce at his level to, uh, yeah. to hit in that. But that was a fantastic run from Doyle, that. Yeah, timed it perfectly. It was a great pass as well, I think. Yeah, it was. And the only other thing, I think the only real chance they had, even though they were like, what, six minutes of injury time or whatever, is the, the one that I mentioned where I think it's Fletcher gets in and a, a great tackle for Manel, and that's one of the game, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, McBurney gets a few more minutes. McBurney is uh, is an innocent man, we should say. He finally, uh, yes, finally um, had the outcome of his court case for uh, allegedly stamping on a Nottingham Forest fan or something. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't we don't need to talk about it anymore. No. Well, we literally don't need to talk about it anymore because there's uh, there's no more to it. So no more to it now. Yeah, that's good to. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't. Um, uh, I guess from a footballing perspective, I wasn't concerned about him. Potentially I think the worst case, but... I could, obviously our fans, which they do, and I do understand it like, oh, he's going to get sent down probably after January transfer window, we can't buy anyone. But I think they're realistic. <laughs> the, the, I mean, I, I think it was common assault. He, he were up far. I think it's like, what, something like, I don't know, two months, two like a five and two months sort of community service as you're doing your other job or whatever it is. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, good, good for... I guess for that to be resolved, and obviously uh, he can continue to concentrate on football. It must it must have been weighing on his mind a little bit, I suppose. You know, he's obviously had his his brush with the law several times in the past, um, but yes, this one's now in the past. And yeah, hopefully he can keep his nose clean for the rest of the season. Which, to be fair, he, he has done so far this season. You know, apart from. A million. Actually, no, most all his yellow cards are for taking his shirt off, aren't they? Yeah, most of his yellow... He got a yellow card when he weren't even on the pitch against <laughs> the QPR when he came on having a go at the ref. He's got two for taking his shirt off, celebrating and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job the ref didn't book Kieran Clark for taking his shirt off, actually. That Can you imagine been, uh... that? That would have been absolutely hilarious, to be fair. <laughs> like, that would have been like the worst refereeing decision of all time. <laughs> Uh, but I just thought like he got to because we scored off the last corner. He's already getting his shirt off in celebration, like yeah, at this one. Preemptive, yeah. He needs to <laughs> follow the. Uh, he needs to follow the route of the great John Marcello and have yeah, yeah, t-shirts yeah. on next time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anything else you want to say uh, specifically about this game or the people who played in it? No, nah, just get three points. Not great. Not not a fantastic performance, but the sort of performance that again, when it comes to the end of the season, if you go up, you don't think about. We had loads of these under Wilder that. Oh, yes. lost in the memory because they weren't important but they were very important but they weren't you know sparkling performances I remember Hull City at home 1-0 I bet no one remembers that when the Goldrick scores mm. a pen with about 10 minutes to go and um, yeah so loads of I can't even think of any more to be fair but there were loads of performances under Wilder when we went up last time that you just get the points and you get out of there yeah uh, top two at Christmas baby we are yes 44 points. Blackburn sit third with 39 points. I was delighted to see that they beat Norwich the other day because yeah. I am of the opinion that Norwich are a much better team than Blackburn are. Yeah. And, uh, although they seem to be heading for a potential uh, managerial tailspin mm. themselves, aren't they? Dean Smith is not a popular man there. At the I, moment. I have to admit, this could come back and bite, bite his bow, I suppose. But I, I have to admit, I'm not. when I look at the table, I, I don't think over five points clear. I look at Watford because I don't think Blackburn are realistically going to get all my promotion. So... I'm looking at Watford, and is it seven to them? It is seven, yeah. Yeah, and, and with a miles better goal difference as well. I think it's like a ten better goal difference. So that's correct, yeah. So and, it's uh, like an eight points, really. So yeah, and Watford obviously uh, dropped points since the international since the end of the World Cup. Yeah, they drew yeah. at uh, Hull, didn't they? Hull was City, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hull at home, nil nil. And this is the thing, you know, if we'd have drawn at home to Hull. People that have been saying, what a terrible result, you know. We, we've not played fantastic. We've got two wins. We've done more than Watford have done. And that's all we need to do, probably, until the end of the season, really, now. Absolutely. Uh, it's Coventry on Boxing Day. Coventry are 14th. Mm. Uh, how did they get on? Three, they, blew three, a, they blew a three-goal lead at home, didn't they? Yeah. They're a good side. I mean, look, mm. we played them when they were rock bottom, obviously, uh, last time. And they've improved massively since then. But we've improved as well. That were uh, a full strength team from all this, the sort of the, the peak of the injury crisis, weren't it, for us? Yeah, that was um, a stinker of a performance. It was a terrible that. performance. And like I said, they've improved, we've improved. I think this, this is definitely the toughest game out of the four, including Wigan, Huddersfield and Blackpool on paper anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, they were, I mean, they were in a slightly false position at the yeah, bottom, weren't exactly. they? Because yeah, exactly. So they're, they're up to 14th now, which I guess puts you in that that zone of like, oh, we can still make the playoffs. And they are in good form, to be fair. I think they're 
maybe just behind us in the like the form table over the last six games. Um, but yeah, just looking at their underlying numbers, uh, where are they? Coventry, they're pretty pretty mid table. They yeah they they have been the fourteenth best team pretty much. So yeah, toughest out of this run for sure, but mm. not a team to worry about to be honest. So um, yeah, I mean, look, if we get nine points out of these three games. Oh boy! Like that's this is that's it. I very mean, nice. The thing is, as well, and I, I, you you look at them, and, and you're not going to get four. Well, but not easy games because Coventry not an easy team. But it, I don't want everyone to get carried away if we say we draw to Coventry because if we beat Blackpool, that's that's still you know ten what well, ten points out of four games, which is a, fantastic. I know it's a, I know we play poor opposition in those four games, but I don't think many teams are going to go go on those runs in the Championship because it just doesn't happen really. No, no, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, to, I absolutely would take four points out of the next two and mm. and ten overall. But uh, yeah. I'd like a, I'd like a nice performance and win on Boxing Day because. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to step it up. Coventry are better than the last two. We need to be better than we have been in the last two. But we do normally step it up against better sides as we've seen all season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if we'd class Blackburn are still third and Reading are still eleventh. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, 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 and we obviously just, beat West Brom. Who have come into form away. We beat, uh, but Ahmed Burnley at home. Yeah, uh, should have beaten Norwich really. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a good performance, I thought. Yeah, probably should have beaten. Uh, well, I should have got at least a point out of QPR. I think were top yeah, six as well. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so that's on that's on Boxing Day. Uh, obviously, look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I think just while we we finish up. Are you ready for our little festive feature? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, Santa being a blade, of course, the, the big man wears red and white, he's, he's come a bit early this year, and he's he, for some reason, I don't know why, but he's, he seems to have dropped off a few presents uh, at, at Blades Pod HQ and at, at Roy Towers, uh, <laughs> and they're addressed to several members of uh, United's squad and coaching staff. So I thought just to finish off, we should probably... Well, I, guess, I mean, we—I don't know if we intend to see these people before Christmas, so maybe we should just open them now on their behalf, and then we can, you know, we can. I'm sure the listeners will want to know what it is, and we can uh, yeah. make sure that they they reach the the necessary recipient over the next few days. Um, so, you, have you got have you got three there, Santa? I've left got three, three presents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one. Do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah, you can go first if you want. It's, 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 it's not a very nice one, really, but it's for <laughs> West Fodringham, and it's a year supply of Yakel <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, as someone who I've got, I, I suffer from gastritis, so I get dodgy guts oh, this every is now. Good. Yeah, so I get <laughs> dodgy guts every now and then. And obviously, as we know, he uh, he, he, he soiled himself a bit looting earlier this season. These sorted me right out, Yakol. To be fair, so I just think instead of we won't have to take him off, just get some Yakol down his neck, and he'll be able to carry on. So that's our president to wear, Wes. Wow, a year's supply, man. A year's supply is Yakol. Quite expensive, by the way, Yakol. So yeah, yeah that is very generous gift. I mean, what is he? Year supply. I suppose that depends on how often you have bowel issues. I suppose. But yeah. Well, take no chances. One for every day. Yeah. Let's take this is this is United's number one. We're talking about. We don't want to take any chances. <laughs> All right. I've, I've got one here. It's uh, it's addressed to Ender Stevens. It says. So let me just uh, <laughs> open this one up right now. Let me have a look. Oh, there's uh, there's several things in here actually. Very nice. There's a there's a lovely pair of slippers. There's a there's a gold watch. And uh, a framed photo of him nutmegging uh, Cesar Aspilicueta <laughs> in the Premier League to uh, it says to remind you of the happy times. Yeah. So I, th- I think I see what Santa's going for here. I think he's basically saying it's time. We yeah. have Sheffield United have four left wing backs and only one of them is injured at the moment. I think it's time to say goodbye to Ender Stevens. I don't think we need to see the ghost of Ender Stevens play for Sheffield United anymore. But it's a fond farewell, is the point of this. This is with good feelings. This is one of my favourite players of this era. Uh, And I I am begging him to get out before it's too late and before those good memories of him in the Premier League and the, the stuff that came before that. Get get tainted. So here's some slippers yeah. and a gold watch. Gold watch. You, you you chill out and enjoy your retirement. What else have you got for us? Well, this is not. This won't be wrapped. This one, but this is uh, for Oliver Norwood. I don't know if you listened to his interview. Do you know his? Uh, it was like a five minute interview with him, and he was talking about his best comedies and, and stuff like oh, that. No, I've not. It basically, he's got no hobbies. <laughs> he says he's too busy. Basically, and he says like, he says, "What's your favourite app on your phone?" And he says he don't use apps. 
and I think I, I think so. What I've got him is a, a year subscription to FaceApp, uh, which is <laughs> what I use so often, as you know. You know, uh, and you can sort of make give people beards and you know I made Hal of Sheffield that way bold and stuff like that imagine <laughs> the laughs he'd have making funny pictures of like Ember Stevens and Fleck you know big beards and stuff like that so because he, he hasn't found any joy in any apps I'm gonna I, I think this is my favourite app face app and uh, yeah so I've bought him a subscription to that nice yeah he's got kids as well uh, young he's kids, got kids. Know yep. one, so yeah that'd be yeah. Uh, he, he could get involved with that with his kids yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great one uh, alright let's see this one's for, for John Egan so the, the Irish the Irish contingent are um, very, very much in on the nice list this year from Santa. Let me just uh, open this one up here, and it is family tickets for Disneyland Paris in June next year. That's a that's an oddly specific gift. I wonder if there's uh, anything in John's calendar at that time, which uh, <laughs> I, I have open here. Don't, don't ask me why I've got John Egan's Google Calendar open in front of me, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh look, Islander! Uh, Islander playing Gibraltar in a Euros qualifier on June the nineteenth, and uh, <laughs> that seems to be when these tickets clash with. That's fantastic, uh, yeah. <laughs> John, John, Ireland do not need you to play ninety minutes against Gibraltar. Pick up the phone, call Stephen Kenny, tell him you have a family commitment. Yeah. You'll see him after the summer. They don't need you for Gibraltar. Have really? a little holiday instead. You, you've earned it. Yeah, fantastic that. Uh, yes, yeah, so my final present is for Jaden Bogle. Uh, I don't know if you know. Do you ever watch these Behind the Blades videos? I do. Yeah. Jaden Bogle seems to be like the interviewer. I don't know if you've seen this. Like every one of them, he's sort of going around. Who thinks going to win World Cup? Or oh, here he is, my man. He's always got a microphone on him, like some sort of. <laughs> so I've got him Richard Mailer's autobiography. Uh, so you may as well, like you know, learn from the master about how to be a TV presenter. So yeah, that's his. <laughs> Literally snorted with laughter there. I hope that didn't get picked up by the microphone, but it probably did. So apologies to everyone's ears. I love it. It's a crossover episode. You got mainly referencing. I thought, well, to be honest, I'm thinking like he needs. I want. I would try to get into his television. You know, he's obviously wants to be a, a presenter. The way he's doing things, and I thought mm. Who better than the legend himself, Richard Mailer. <laughs> read his autobiography get some tips from him and, you know one day he could be presenting Good Morning Britain <laughs> <laughs> fantastic alright I've got what I've just got here. it's just a little one actually so it's Paul Eckenbottom actually that's very mm. just uh, open this one up and it is a copy of the FA's Laws of the Game and Santa seems to have folded down one page so let me just open this up uh, right it's page Page 45 is opened up here. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me just read this. There's, there's some underlining has taken place. It's, this is Law 3, The Players, it's called. And uh, someone's underlined Section 2 in red ink, and that is, it says, substitutes up to a maximum of five. <laughs> Santa's obviously trying to get a message through to Hecubom here. <laughs> That the laws have changed and yes. we can make five substitutes and they can also be, they can happen before the 90th minute as well. Perhaps maybe Santa will be dropping one of those off to uh, Gareth Southgate as well after his yeah, uh, possibly, yeah. Jack Grealish sub <laughs> at the end, of, uh, the end of the game with France. But come on, Eki, you, you've got a great bench. Let's make use of it, please. Let's not burn these players out over the next few weeks. They've only just, only just come back from injury. So, yeah, there you go. Santa's a blade. He's, he's, got, uh, he's got United's best interests at heart with all those gifts I think uh, fantastic well there was one thing I forgot to mention actually but we'll just do it now to finish off uh, uninformed chat about United's new owners yeah 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 um, I've seen some brilliant speculation uh, <laughs> Kevin McCabe one of them McCabe's uh, back that's Ma McCabe's yeah, music I might, this one, I might get my face up out actually and start troll, <laughs> trolling so get a blue tick on Twitter and start trolling some people saying you know it's this guy um I've seen someone today say it's an Australian guy, the seventh richest Australian in the world. <laughs> and uh, and I've seen uh, the guy at uh, Fenerbahce. Uh, is it you? I can't remember his first name, but his second name's Cock. And, uh, yeah, uh, and, I, and and because of the links, obviously. <laughs> You're just making this up now. I swear sure. I, I think it's Ali, Ali Cock or something like that, genuinely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fenerbahce, uh, and that, that's basically come from United's links with Fenerbahce, you know, with uh, Bakke. Uh, is it, Bakke, yeah. Yeah. Sell, sell a, sell it's all, it's all speculation. It could be absolutely anyone. It could be nothing. You know what I mean, the Prince has neither confirmed nor denied, has he? So. Mm, yeah, so this has come from uh, Nathan Hemingham Hemingway, who is... Yes. Uh, Probably the most in the yeah. know of the United journalists, I would yeah. say. Or the, the journalists I think it will be, be true. I think it will be true. 
Yeah, and he's uh, he's reported this as an exclusive that we have accepted a bid for the club. Uh, or the Prince has accepted a bid to sell his share of Sheffield United. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unnamed as yet. Uh, but it sounds like it could move fairly quickly, so I imagine yeah. we'll know more uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I mean, do, do you want to have a, a quick, unspeculated how how you feel about this? Uh, not I, unspeculated, my initial, report, my initial thought, should I say, report, initial thought, as I said to you, <laughs> I'm not now. You know, we're doing so well, second mm. league, and you're thinking, we don't really want this sort of disturbance. But at the same time, I, I don't know how true it is about if the Prince is allowed to own a club in the same league as Newcastle, you know, all that stuff oh. um, that's gone about, which I don't know if it's true. I don't know, whatever, but if he does need to sell, he's going to have to do it now, basically, because you can't just sell, you know, all of a sudden and just before a Premier League season starts or anything. So if we do go up, maybe it's better to have new owners in sort of before the season's ended. So we can sort of plan for next season. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It's probably a good time to sell and a good time to buy, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because I've seen people say, well, why would he sell now when we're on the brink? And it's like, well, we're not definitely going up. So no, this is it, this is football. Yeah, <laughs> and he might may have got a good... I think United are a really good place to be bought in the sense that we, are, we have a really good chance of being a Premier League club next season. But we're not quite there yet. So you're not paying big money, as you would do for a Premier League club, but mm. you have the potential... You have a very good chance of buying a Premier League club. So I can see why they'd be interested there. I'm surprised we've not had more interest before, to be honest, because I don't see anyone else outside the Premier League who have really got, who, who can really attract that sort of interest. Not because we're a huge club or anything like that, just because of the situation that we're currently in. And the players we've got on our books as well, we've got a lot of assets. Mm. Everything's owned by the club now again, the ground and all that sort of stuff. I think we're in a good position to be bought. So I'm hopeful. And also a bit scared. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, certainly in this division, you know, with this uh, our clubs that, um, yeah, I guess are in uh, are, are an attractive proposition. Who also have an owner who is quite open about being uh, available to sell, I suppose. Mm. Which you know, yeah, uh, Prince Abdullah's definitely uh, definitely been for like the right price. So yeah, I guess, I guess it is a surprise almost. It's taken um, it's taken this long. We'll see if anything comes of it maybe nothing will um and yeah i won't really I, I, I don't really have much to say about the current owner right now we'll wait and see what what happens i suppose but i i think my initial feeling is slight concern because i think whoever is the next owner they will mm. do well to be better than the current one is like and i'm not yeah. a you know i'm not a you know cheerleader for prince abdullah or anything like that but i think i think if you look at it rationally the facts speak for themselves he's United have, have had a fantastic run under his ownership, and mm. whether that's luck or judgment, I mean, it's still under his stewardship. You know, I'd, I'd rather have a lucky owner than a genius owner, to be yeah, honest. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's been good, and I, I keep waiting because I know there's, there's still people who, who are against him and stuff, and I, I've never been sort of banging on the table like he is the best chairman ever, and I'm sort, I, I think I've always sort of been waiting for something to happen. Where you could say, ah, those people were right, you know, this would, but it, it's so far, it's not happened. And I think he's run the club better than anyone in my lifetime. Yeah, he, he, not even close for me. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of bad owners out there. Is, there is. Is my, is my bar on this. And uh, yeah, my, my worry is that perhaps one of those is about to come and buy Sheffield United. Yeah. But yeah. We'll see. We've no idea yet. Um, it could, you know, could be a great thing. I mean, the, I mean, I don't think we're going to be the next Man City. <laughs> Settle down on that one. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the Prince has been pretty open about he doesn't have much money at any point. You know, the club's supposed the to be thing. self-funded. So, sorry, this is the other thing as well. That I wonder if he's also thinking, if we don't go up this season, can he fund the championship side without mm. parachute payments? Yeah, is this... So we've got one more year after this, haven't we? But yeah, but it obviously yeah. diminishes anyway. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh so yeah, that's that. We'll uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I suppose the the, the report from uh, Hemingham suggested that stuff might become known fairly soon. I suppose. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just hope it's not a total idiot or a truly terrible person or organisation. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I don't see it as I, I'd be surprised if it has a destabilising effect. I mean, we by all accounts we weren't going to spend much slash anything in January anyway. I don't yeah. see 
many slash any of our players leaving unless we want them to. Like... I'm seeing more upbeat on Endai's contract after the game mm. as well, which is probably worth mentioning, where he said something along the lines of, you know, if he's going to go, then uh, he's, you know, we're, we're going to make sure we get money for him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. He seemed a lot more upbeat about it than he has in previous weeks, I felt, anyway. Well, that's that's good because uh, yeah, the more I get to see enjoy, the better. Um, and hopefully, we'll see him starring for United, uh, setting up more goals, and United winning on Boxing Day. I think that's uh, all we're going to talk about today, mate. So um, yeah, what, what do you want to plug before we wrap up? Uh, view from uh, go on, we're going to do a play. Wigan, <laughs> Wigan, and, and Wigan. Coventry. Yeah, they were fairly happy with their performance, to be fair, which I understand. Um, they give it a go. They yeah. gave it a go, and they're near the bottom of the league, and you know. Uh, uh, but and then we've got an episode of mainly out which is darts players wives which I know you're fairly interested in should be watching yeah, darts yourself aren't you oh yes yeah uh, listed request and we actually recorded yesterday our Christmas special so watch out for that as well it's uh, Top of the Pops 1992 oh fantastic oh well, bad singing from me <laughs> <laughs> wonderful stuff uh, I'll just mention my article on the pinch again so uh this is the uh blades written newsletter and i wrote a very long piece um looking at the the numbers behind our great start to the season and uh yeah in it i mentioned uh john egan will never score for us again and uh billy sharp is having a terrible season yeah, I, no, I, I did sort of say you, you need to do another one every week just like slag yeah. something off so i tell you what i know since he's come back from his uh, injury, he's just not been the same. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's everyone on the pinch. It's a long piece, so uh, I hope you find something interesting in it. Set, settle in with a, a cup of tea or coffee. Yeah, and read I was going to read it before the match. On I thought I'll read this, and then I'll skim down to how long it went. I thought I'm not going to get a chance to read this. So yeah, take <laughs> take a take a bit of time aside. But I, I, I imagine it's well worth a read. Oh. Thank you in advance. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not ready. Rubbish. Yeah, I appreciate the vote of <laughs> confidence is always always welcome. Um, right, yeah, well, that is uh, roysviewfrom.com and Living With Maidley is your podcast. And, yes, yeah, so I've, I've got the uh, Darts Wives episode queued up to listen to next. I'm very much looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, I guess the, the last thing to say is uh, happy Christmas to all the listeners out there and your families. I hope you have a... Uh, yeah, a, a lovely, a lovely break, and hopefully the blades can bring us three points on Christmas Day as well. And uh, yeah, happy Christmas to you, mate. Enjoy yourself and chill out. And I'll, I'll see you if you've, for a few bevies on Boxing Day, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, have a good Christmas, mate, and I'll see you Boxing Day. Nice one, thanks a lot.